fucking Tuesday night. Here I am. All right, here I go. My name is Darian. I am back for a post-Christmas horror podcasting show. I'm a little hungover still. Not from, like, alcohol, just from Yule Tide. The Yule Tide has washed over me, and um, I'm done. I'm fucking done with it, man. Oh, it's a nightmare. And I always get into the Christmas spirit early in December. By, like, uh, the 20th, I just want it to be done and over with. And I'm, gl- I'm happy to report to you now inmates that it is done until the well we have still new year's eve and stuff but at least we're done with the uh the shopping and the building of toys and the programming of ipads and all that horse shit how was your christmas was it good i hope it was i hope you didn't have to spend it alone because i feel like that's i've spent many a christmas alone in a shitty apartment and i feel like that's um punishing it's very punishing but it it gave me pause to think about some of the choices I've made and the people I've chosen to associate with. It's no good. It's depressing as shit. Uh, I hope you didn't have to spend it alone. Hope you enjoyed your Christmas and your holidays. What do you got planned for New Year's? Anything fun? I'm going to a party. Well, I'm having a party here at my house. Um, I don't know. I don't probably just going to be me and the kids, though. I mean, that's always a party, right? If it's on, If we do it on New Year's and we play board games and stuff, then we could call it a New Year's party. And uh, there you have it. <laughs> I think I just depressed myself. I was feeling pretty good about Christmas, and then I started talking about New Year's, and now I'm sad again. Fucking asshole. All right, inmates. How, I, I hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, what did I get? I got two new Kotobukiya girls. Do you know what I'm talking about? So dig this. Let me explain. I'll, uh, I've posted pictures of these damn things before, but I'm gonna pu- I'll, put, I'll put some more up in the, the Facebook group. So they're these uh, seven and a half inch tall statues. I call them statues. My wife calls them dolls. They're not dolls. All right. You can't pose them or play with them. All you can do, well, there's a few things you can do with them. But basically they are pinup girls uh, mixed with our favorite horror villains. So I have like a hot Freddy chick and she's got her blouse open and she's very well endowed. And I got a hot Jason chick and she's got like the midriff exposed. And I, I got, uh, what do I got? I got uh, Freddy, Pinhead, Ash, Michael Myers, Jason. And this year, I added two more to my collection. Uh, Beetlejuice and Leatherface. So, I've what, what am I up to? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in total. I'll post pictures as soon as I'm done recording here. Um, dude, 
they 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 go on the market at about a hundred hundred bucks between a hundred and hundred fifty a piece. And uh, I just I was just poking around because there's a few that I'm missing. The the one that I have for Ash, uh, the hot chick with the chainsaw and the Daisy Dukes, um, she's now going for about four hundred bucks. So these, I know that means that they have to be like in the original packaging and all that shit. I'm not going to resell these fucking things. I'll tell you right now. But if I did, I could probably pay a mortgage or two. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I got uh, Leatherface and um, uh, Beetlejuice. The Beetlejuice one came in the red tuxedo variant, which I didn't think is what I was getting. I thought I was getting the black and white stripes. But ah, it's neither here nor there. Uh, you can beat off to these things, if that's what you're wondering. And I will post goddamn pictures. i got to dust them off first, though. They're kind of dusty. All right, enough about that horse shit. Uh, I got that, and then I got a, a bunch of sports stuff. I got a, a Golden Knights jersey for my mother-in-law. Uh, what else? Um, I got some other stuff. Um, I think there was a Viking stuff. Something, I don't know. Anyway, let's get into the regular shit show here, uh, inmates. Let me know what you get. Did you get some cool horror shit for Christmas? Did I miss the boat on something? I would love to hear about it. Uh, hit me up. It's area code 775-387-0275. The Padded Room 2011 at Hotmail.com. And uh, while you're composing those emails and voicemails, I would like to regale you with a little horror news, my friends. horror news so i didn't know if you knew this or not but we're now in the slow horror season horror is pretty big uh like box office wise from like september to just past christmas christmas is a pretty good horror holiday really as some of the movies we've done this month this month have uh extorted excuse me but um now is we're gonna we're gonna hit our our annual dry spell here probably up until like uh, shit I don't know like summer we get a little blip in the summer sometimes but uh, I got some good news anyway the entire cast of the Evil Dead the original Evil Dead is returning for the video game Evil Dead the game I'm excited <laughs> I'm excited for that I hope that. Uh, Whoever wrote these characters and whatever storyline is behind this game, I hope that Scott is just as big of a pussy as he was in the original movie. Because if I could, you know, via whatever character, punch him in the face a couple of times, I would love that. Or if I could just make fun of him while he freaks out, you know, and does his party down routine. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this Evil Dead game. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's really something. Uh, does the name Buddy Cooper ring any bells? Probably not. He directed a movie from 1984 called The Mutilator. Now, I have tried repeatedly throughout my entire lifetime to watch The Mutilator. And I don't think I've ever made it to the end, but I can tell you that there's a lot of weird inconsistencies and things that didn't make sense in there. He is returning, my friends, Buddy Cooper, to direct a sequel to The Mutilator some 40 years later. Uh, I, I'm going to have to buckle down and, and figure out what the hell is going on with The Mutilator. Is there? Maybe I should do that for the show. Do like a Mutilator show or something? I have no idea. Or maybe somebody can explain it to me. Maybe I missed something in there. But it seemed like that movie was just all over the fucking place. 
Uh, trailers are up for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse, directed by Sam Raimi. Um, it looks like a right headspin. It is being called the horror installment into the MCU. Um, it, uh, I don't, yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. The, the, tra- the trailer that I saw didn't really show much of anything. Uh, if you're familiar with the Doctor Strange movies, then, you know, he comes out and the world is upside down. It's very, uh, uh, esoteric, you know, this isn't our reality. This is somebody else's reality. There's multiple dimensions you got to hop around through to get back to. I don't, it's a whole fucking thing, man. But they're, this, they've, they're kind of setting this one up to be a horror movie. I would love a Marvel horror movie. Um, I am so far behind on the Marvel fucking movies. I've got to buckle down. And that's something else that I got to get into, I guess, is the Marvel movies. Uh, HBO Max has put up like a preview for all the stuff coming out in 2022. And for a second there, you get a glimpse at this Gremlins fucking thing. Uh, It's an animated deal. It's called Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai. Now, I've heard from various sources that it was going to be some some sources are saying it's going to be a movie. Other sources say it's going to be a limited series. Other sources say it's going to be a, uh, a like a like a regular running series. I don't know, man. I'm not too into it. I've never been a Gremlins guy myself. Um, I, I I don't know. I just I've, I've when you grow up watching the Friday the Thirteenth movies and the uh, you know American Werewolf in London and things like that, kids' movies are kind of lost on you. And I realize this is a fault of my own uh, demented childhood, but I couldn't get behind the Gremlins movies. Uh, I found them to be cute, sure, but like the kids that I grew up with were having nightmares about Spike and the other uh, uh, fucking Gremlins launching their grandmothers out of there. I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. I didn't find Gizmo that cute. I mean, it was a cute movie. Uh, It's silly, though. It's not a horror movie. So, I don't know what, uh, I don't know. It's not my deal, I guess. Lastly, A24's Lamb is now available on video on demand platforms. Have you heard of this? This is, <laughs> this is something. Um, starring Numi Rapace. Um, basically, it's about a couple of sheep farmers that wake up one day to find a half man, half lamb baby in their uh, lamb stall. Now, I'm not one to point fingers, but it looks to me like somebody's been fucking the sheep, right? I mean, I don't know how else you come across a half man, half lamb, baby, how you even, how you create something like that uh, that doesn't involve a Petri dish, but does involve probably some softcore pornography. That's pretty, I'm, I'm excited for it. I want, uh, you got my curiosity, you know, I would like to see what, Special effects-wise, a half-man, half-lamb is going to look like. And Numi Rapace, I, I find pretty attractive. Um, she do, she's done good work. I, I like her a lot. Uh, that's all I got on the horror news, you maniacs. How about a little listener mail, huh? If I were to come, a, come across a human-animal hybrid, I, I guess I would probably want it to be a lamb. You want, like, the least threatening animal possible you don't want like a human rhino hybrid that fucking thing is going to knock some walls down in your house right get uh uh human gerbil maybe something small but then you never know what that that guy's going to be like some kind of a creeper sneaking around the house at night you know 
Uh, I think, yeah, probably a lamp. All right, I'm, I'm rambling again. Here uh, comes some listener mail. Listener mail. Oh, yeah. We got emails and voicemails and all kinds of fun stuff coming at us. Remind me to check the uh, junk mail folder, because apparently the junk mail shark has been rearing its ugly head and uh, swallowing some of our listener mail, and I don't care for that kind of behavior. Let's start things off in parts unknown. Here comes our main man on the open road. Freddy's in the house. Subject line, parts unknown, of course. Uh, (laughs) Hey folks, hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. I am shutting down in Washington. Spent the last few days headed back west from New York. As a cross-country trucker, I do like the parts unknown you keep seeing with me. Though I did mention where my technical home is. What can I say? I'm an everywhere man with a song reference. Terra Dome, again, my vote goes to Freddy. He is my favorite and everyone has to sleep. Do, do hope everyone had a great time and hopefully got a few days off for the family. Cheers, Freddy. Oh, shit. All right, hold on there, Freddy. Let me bust out the Terra Dome here. You are one step ahead of me as usual. I believe Freddy said he was from Vegas, or at least that's where he keeps all of his stuff. So, good for you, Freddy. I hope it's a hell of a lot warmer down there than it is up here. Tahoe got 16 feet of snow uh, this last week. And I think I believe it's sn- still snowing up there as I speak. Um, it's bananas, dude. You people think Nevada is like this dry, desolate wasteland, which for the most part it is, except for the Reno-Carson area, which is like northern Nevada. We get all, all four seasons. We're right, right where the Donner Pass is. Um, in fact, I take my wife up there every, every year for her birthday, uh, with our friends and we party it up, but, uh, we get all four seasons and when winter hits, dude, it, it usually hits pretty hard. And this has been a good one so far. All right. Thanks for writing in Freddie. Uh, your votes are locked in amigo. Let's jump over to jolly old England. Here comes the horror slut. Cat is in the house. Subject line, sweet dreams. Evening, gents. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. Quick little note tonight before I head into work. Terradome, I think Freddy takes this one. Jigsaw is smart, but as you said, yes, he does need to sleep, and that would be the end of it. As for Educate, I believe you are the Finnish movie Dark Floors. God damn it, Cat! Cat is on it! I didn't think anybody was going to get this one. I liked the story, but thought it was a rather silly movie. Do have a wonderful and safe New Year's, and please stay out of the hospital. While we do like people, we really don't want to see you if it can be avoided. <laughs> cat. Right on, Cat. I'm staying home for uh, New Year's Eve. I'm having some people over. Um, they don't know it yet, but I plan on luring them in to weird sexual torture games. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody's going to get pregnant or something, but we're going to work on that. And we're going to try to keep it safe. Here in the padded room. So thank you very much, Kat. You did get me on the educate. You nailed it. Uh, Dark Floors. That is a weird movie. Has anybody else seen this movie? Uh, The Finnish rock band Lordy. I love these guys. I'll play them at the break. Um, They are like the antagonist. They're like the monsters in the movie. And they're coming around this hospital trying to kill these poor schmucks off. Uh, Even when they go on stage, they look like monsters. There's like a mummy... 
and the demon lord and uh there's usually like a weird hot kind of ghosty valkyrie chick on the keyboards um there's uh other guys that do other stuff the music is is okay it's kind of hit and miss with me they get kind of cartoony you know after a while uh right on cat thanks for writing in you got me on the educate department babe let's get over here to reno nevada here comes the cowboy subject line hail lordy haha <laughs> evening padded room hope everyone had a great christmas and is doing well i actually spent the long weekend relaxing and watching movies though i didn't catch any that were very memorable Terradome, i'm actually going to vote for jigsaw and go with the brains on this one nancy beat freddie and she wasn't brilliant like jigsaw i think he could factor out how to pull freddie into the real world and trap him rather easily very cool Put you down for Jigsaw there, cowboy. Well done. Educate, you're the masterpiece movie from the metal band Lordy, Dark Floors. Though saying masterpiece is a stretch, rather odd and silly movie, but I enjoyed it. Hope everyone is having a fantastic New Year's. Driver, PSA, if you're going, please be safe. Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Oh, excuse me. Right on, cowboy. You got me also. Well done. Uh, looks like we got a voicemail here. Let's just get this set up and go down to beautiful Southern California. I hope the weather is, I'm sure the weather is much better down there. Um, here comes the man, the myth, whoa, shit, the legend, Monica's pod boyfriend, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, yo. Hey, Pat of Room, how's my favorite degenerates this week? So far, yeah, so I hope good. everyone is doing well. I'm fine. Great to have uh, Buddy back. Happy holidays to all the inmates. Yeah, hope he's everyone's gone. having a good time. <laughs> you too, sir. Uh, anyway, uh, let me get uh, right into the uh, Terror Dome there. What do you think? Man? You know what, uh, Darren? you got to give yourself some credit. I really like the uh, setup for okay, it. Uh, sure. The writing, you know, as far as uh, how Jigsaw and Kruger are going to come in contact. Yep. And with that write-up, I'd actually, that's the only way I could see giving a chance to uh, Jigsaw. Okay. But in the end, I, he's going to have to get into the dream world, and right. I think uh, I think Krugel will be ready for him. So sure. you can put my vote down for uh, the dream demon, Freddy Krueger. Frederico. Now, as far as the, um, mm. let's see, oh, the educating department. You got me? <sighs> I have seen this flick. You have. I've seen this flick, and I went through all my, like, rock and roll horror movies, yeah. you know, like, all right, I know it's not Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons and Trick, Trick or, or Treat. treat. No, no. I know it's not Lizzie Borden from uh, that Black Roses movie. No. I know it's not Blackie Lawless from Wasp. <laughs> no, I know he's in a couple not. of flicks. And, uh, God Damn it, I've seen this flick, and I know it. You do. But I, I just don't got it today. You got me on this one. Dad, um, Tom Hardy, come on. So anyway, uh, oh, one other thing about... Uh, <coughs> I have an it was easy one. Huh. Two weeks ago, maybe yeah. three. It's uh, before I, last time I called in. Okay. You had said, Darian... Oh, no. Uh, sometimes dead is better. Correct. And I got to say, Mr. Brock, with your vocal talents, how dare you say dead is better and then not at least attempt A Judd uh, Crandall? Judge, Judge Crandon uh, <laughs> voice. Uh, I expect better than that from you, sir. I, I apologize. Pause now as you complete it. Go ahead. 
Sometimes dead is better. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, that was terrible. So got, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do another one on the what are you looking? That at sounded department. more southern. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I got to catch the old 1950s The Hitchhiker. Oh, okay. Had more of a suspense flick yeah. than a horror flick, but it was all right. It's not bad. Sure. Um, got to catch a uh, house on Haunted Hill, and that's what kind of started this whole thing. Is, okay. Um, original or just a little confession here. If I have like a blind spot in my horror movies, it's like the old black and white, black and white, so you the sixties and earlier, and uh, probably I like get it. I know I understand two thousand. Yeah. You know, two thousand to like I don't know two thousand fourteen, fifteen horror flicks and the very new stuff. Sure. So I've made a resolution, my New Year's resolution. I'm once a month. I'm going to try to catch at least one. GP, I believe. Yeah, uh, GP. I get that though, man, because uh, you know, like I'm a I'm a Vincent Price guy, Tom Hardy. I lo- I love me some Vincent Price, but some of those horror movies from like the the 60s and the 50s, like the um, like the old Roger Corman's Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, uh, adaptations, they uh, they can be difficult to watch because by today's standards they're so bland. You know, um, I get it; they had an impact on audiences of that era. But watching them now, it's like, oh, this is there's not a lot going on here, guys. Can we <laughs> can we get get moving? Somebody gonna die or what? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I've, I'm feeling you on that, Tom Hardy. Um, and, and what's even di- more difficult, sir, if I may digress for a moment, dude, they're cranking out like 50, 60 horror movies a year. I'm struggling to catch up to 2021 right now. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm, I, there's still a bunch out there that people are raving about that I just haven't gotten to because I don't have fucking time. So, like, for somebody to, like, stay on top of it and stay go through the horror movies by era and, you know, try to at least catch the highlights, that's a task, my friend. And even just even if you're like me and you're somewhat half-ass caught up, staying on top of it is still a fucking task, dude. All right, he called back. G motherfucking P, baby. Oh yeah. G motherfucking P. That'll Hell work. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so like I was saying, I kind of like I have a bit of a blind spot there so okay that's that's my new year's resolution once a month i'm going to try to catch uh, an older you know 1960 or earlier flick sure and i'm going to try to catch a newer flick you know something okay. from i don't know 2022 to uh i don't know, 2000 or something like that cause okay that's a 20 i've noticed year, i tend to just uh 20 you know, year gap rewatch now. the flicks that i love so that, much yeah, and get, get caught up in that's, them and, that's a problem i have but anyway Hope all is well. Love you like family. Happy holidays to the inmate. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thank you very much for calling in, my friend. Uh, happy holidays to you. Hope you're staying safe down there. Um, if I had to make some recommendations for horror movies from the 60s, like I said, I'm a Vincent Price kind of guy, but the power of his performance can carry just about any movie, in my opinion. Uh, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I... <sighs> Take take like uh, the Mask of the Red Death for example. It's pretty good up until the big finale, and then you're like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what we're doing an interpretive dance? Is that what we're doing?" 
Um, but that's kind of like how shit went down in the sixties. You know what I mean? That, that, that was the big ending is that we'd have a big choreographed ensemble and I, I, I mean, it wasn't scary. It was something to see, but it didn't, you know, you're building up this sense of dread throughout the whole movie because you got a pretty good idea that, uh, everybody in this party is about to get, you know, laid waste to. And then we we cap it off with a uh, interpret choreographed interpretive dance, and that is kind of weak, in my opinion. I don't know, man. Um, let me see here. What else would I recommend from the '60s? Um, I mean, there's there's like the the go to. Night of the Living Dead. That's probably my all-time favorite. I recently rewatched rewatched The Haunting, the original black and white one. It has very little to do with ghosts and more to do with uh, you know mental illness. You have the Hitchcock movies; those are pretty good. Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, this is like Rosemary's Baby territory. Uh, Dementia Thirteen. That's a pretty good one. Uh, it's you, you really got to be in the mood for something like that, Tom Hardy. I think is is the best way to do it. You got to be able to sit through a lot of dialogue, a lot of uh, backstory, and then not much of a payoff. That's kind of the way horror movies were made back then, I guess. All right, that's it on the listener mail. I better check the junk folder one time just to be on the safe side. Nope, that's it. Thank you very much, Freddy, Cat, Cowboy, Tom Hardy. Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas, and uh, this is going to be the last show of The Padded Room in 2021. I will, of course, be with you again in 2022 as we tackle more ridiculous horror movies. Speaking of ridiculous horror movies, here comes another one. A ghost, a ghost, a devil, a devil, a poltergeist, a poltergeist. Call it what you will, what you will. It lives, it lives, it breathes, breathes. You'll be paralyzed with fear, with fear as it kills, as it kills, as mutilates, mutilates anyone in its anyone in its talking about blood beat from 1983 this one got 4.7 stars on imdb it's written and directed by fabrici uh zafiratos zafirat oh fuck zafiratos i think that's greek i don't know stars helen benton terry brown and dana day it's got a r rating um holy shit <laughs> What the fuck is this movie here? Guys, anybody seen Bloodbeat? First off, why is it called Bloodbeat? No idea. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of questions here, guys. Be honest with you. Uh, A lot going on here. Not a lot of explanation. I have no fucking clue. I'm just going to tell you what I saw. And if somebody else out there has seen this or would like to see it, it's streaming on Shudder as we speak. 
Please illuminate me because I am completely lost on this one. All right, here we go. Uh, we start off with a couple of hunters out in the woods. This movie was shot in Wisconsin in 1983. So you can just smell the cigarette smoke and black coffee coming out of your TV screen, along with some uh, sweaty polyester. You know what that smells like. Don't act like you don't. Um, it's 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 pretty pretty rural Wisconsin. We got some hunters out there. Everything's cool. Uh, one guy bags himself a deer and brings it back. Uh, we're going to meet this guy. His name is Gary. He, he looks exactly like a, an early 80s Wisconsin hunter should look. Camouflage, head to toe, to include his uh, Walkman, his tape cassette Walkman, with camouflage headphones, my friends. That's attention to detail right there. Uh, he brings the deer back to his house. His house is like in the middle of the fucking woods, okay? Nice house, sure, but nothing around for probably 20 miles by the looks of it. Uh, goes inside, gets, uh, presumably his wife comes out and he's like, hey, Karen, check out this, uh, deer I got. She comes out and looks at the deer and goes, oh, and goes running back inside. Now, Karen, the wife, it's worth, okay, (laughs) Uh, you got to remember this movie was made in 1983, but I can't help but comment on the the tablecloth slash poncho that she was wearing throughout the majority of the movie. Bright pink. Um, ugh, what the fuck? The, the, the fashion of the early 80s. It was like it was the death throes of disco, so we were still kind of holding on to the bell-bottoms and the polyester, and the weird vests, and the ponchos, and she had like a a very homely haircut, I don't know what you even call that, it kind of looked like a, uh, like a bowl cut, but it kind of dipped down in the beds, I guess it's kind of like a lady mullet, if that's a thing, is there such thing as a lady mullet, if there is now, I just made that, <laughs> check out the first five minutes of Bloodbeat, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, she comes out, she takes a look at the deer, and she goes, oh, and Gary's like, Karen, you, I've brought home deer before, you didn't freak out, and she's like, this one's different, and she goes running back in the house, okay, a uh, few minutes later, Gary goes inside, and we find out that Gary and Karen are not actually married, and we discover this because Karen is like, hey, the kids are coming up for Christmas, and Gary's like, great, I'm going to tell them that I'm going to marry their mother. And she's like, I'm not marrying you. And then they get into a big fight. And that's kind of a weird way to propose is by, you know, threatening to tell the kids that we're getting married and then just kind of gauging her reaction, I guess. Uh, you old romantic Gary. <laughs> uh, that, all right. So now we have a little bit of tension there. Here comes the first of the kids, the daughter. Uh, she's probably, boo, 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 I'm going to put her 18 or 19. Her name's, um, Dolly of all things. Her name's Dolly. She rolls up. Um, she looks like a Wisconsin teenager should look, you know, she's got like a headband on camouflage. Also very much into hunting. Well done, Dolly. Very robust woman. This actress, I didn't catch her name. I believe it was, uh, oh, it's actually Dana Day. Um, this is the only movie she was ever in. In fact, same thing goes for every single person in this movie. They made this movie and then they quit show business altogether. <laughs> it was that well received and launched a career. No, it did not. 
Um, she rolls up. She's like, "Hey, Dad, how's it going?" This she, like I said, she's what you'd expect from a Wisconsin young lady, and I, I, I mean no disrespect to our friends, the horror hoes. They're with, they've probably they're probably hunters too. Um, but uh, this is very uh girthy young lady i'm not saying she's fat she's just a big girl is what i'm saying uh, she rolls up camouflage also dad we going hunting yeah we're gonna go hunting as soon as uh, your brother gets here enter the next kid ted uh who is bringing his girlfriend sarah up to the family estate for her first ever it, it, it's like her first meeting of the the parents and the sister so here comes ted and sarah uh they roll up Sarah is pretty attractive in a 1983 kind of way. Ted is like the typical, uh, he's not really a douchebag, but he's like the the typical boyfriend character that we saw in every single uh, 1980s movie, you know, kind of aloof and, hey, babe, hey, oh, we're going to go, yeah, let's go upstairs. <laughs> uh, so they roll up. Uh, mom comes out to meet Sarah. Sarah's like, hi, I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you. And mom in her crazy pink poncho takes one look at Sarah and goes, and goes running back inside. And Ted's like, oh, you know, my mom's a little spacey sometimes. She'll come around. Let's just go inside. So he goes inside. He starts showing Sarah like his, his, all of his hunting trophies and all that shit. The place is all done up for Christmas. I think it's, we're probably like a, a day or two away from Christmas. Uh, everything's pretty cool here. Uh, of course, Ted takes Sarah upstairs and immediately tries to bang her. Um, he gets to second base, which is good. He gets her boobs out and then she has like a panic attack. She's like, I feel like your mom is watching me right now. And while that's going on, mom is downstairs painting a picture, but she's like talking to it. And she's like, who's that girl up there with him? I've seen her before. Uh, so I think we're supposed to believe that mom has some kind of psychic powers or something. There's nothing really to allude to that in any way other than her talking to her paintings. And we get like this sporadic psychedelic flash of like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know. It's like a weird color splash that just kind of pops up. Okay, it's weird. I don't. I, I, okay, I guess we'll just have to say that mom is psychic somehow, or she has a spirit guide that she's talking to through the painting, and then she has a real spaz attack. And like, uh, I think she was trying to suggest that her painting hand was possessed, and thus she was like free painting with a spirit using her her paintbrush to paint a picture. But then when she's done with the picture, it doesn't look like anything. So I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't, somebody's got to explain this movie to me. Okay. So from there, uh, a couple hours go by. We decide, okay, we're all here. It's time to take our annual hunting trip. And, uh, Sarah's going to come with us. She's going to get her first hunting outing. It's going to be great. So uncle Pete rolls up. Who's another old guy. I guess he just lives down the road. He stopped by to see the kids. Uh, they get all done up with their guns. It's dad, uh, Dolly, Ted, uh, Sarah, and Uncle Pete, and they're going out to to try to bag a couple deers. So they just dip right off into the backyard. They've all got guns and bow and arrows and stuff like that with them. They go into like a loose combat formation. You know what I mean? Like they're on patrol, and Dad is like, or not, I keep calling him Dad, Gary is like, okay, we're going to hunt them. we got to hunt quiet. No sound. 
All of a sudden, he goes like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator. No sound. Five meters spread. Blaine, the nest. Mac, the east. Kill everybody. <laughs> Except these are a bunch of rubes in Wisconsin looking for deer. Now, here's a fun little question, and this is part of the ridiculousness of this movie. Did anybody ask Sarah if she wanted to go hunting? Uh, did Sarah suggest at any point that maybe she wasn't going to be into hunting? Neither one of those things occurred, but regardless, there's Sarah out there with a gun, traipsing around with the rest of these rubes. Uh, they get into like a little ravine, and there's a bunch of deer running around out in front of them. So they're like, okay, let's take them down. Uh, everybody draws their guns, and uh, we see Uncle Pete, and uh, what's her name? Dolly is like, but she's got the, the arrow drawn, and Uncle Pete is sighting in his guns. And Sarah's looking at them and looking at the deer, and she's like smiling at the deer, but then she sees them pointing guns at him. And right before Uncle Pete goes to pull the trigger, Sarah does like a, no! And then she throws her gun down and just goes running off into the woods by herself. What are you doing? Uncle Pete's like, goddamn woman, you son of a gun. (laughs) Ted's like, Karen, wait. He goes running after Karen. Karen, or not Karen, uh, Sarah, sorry. Sarah runs like a 5K through the woods while everybody's running around trying to, to chase her down. Uh, I don't know what her plan was other than just get away. Uh, I, what what would have happened if they didn't find her, I think, is, is the real question. Because she just went running blindly into the woods. She, she didn't have, like, any protective clothing or any kind of neon orange. She could have just easily fallen off a cliff or something and broken her head. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, Sarah's running. Eventually, she runs out of gas, and she collides with another random guy out in the woods. Except this guy has just so happens to be like eviscerated, uh, big slash mark going across his his guts, and his intestines are spilling out onto the ground. And he's like, oh! And she, of course, knocks him over. He was staggering around with his intestines out. She knocks him over, and she's like, holy shit! Uh, that's what alerts Pete and the rest of the little hunting patrol to her location. So they go running over there, and they find this poor disemboweled guy laying in the woods. They're like, oh, shit, who is this guy? What? Why is his guts on the outside? They're normally, they're supposed to be on the inside, but now they're all over the floor here. So they call the cops. Sarah, of course, is traumatically traumatized. Uh, she just kind of goes upstairs and goes to sleep. Everybody kind of forgets that, you know, Sarah fucked up their big hunting trip. Cops come. They load this poor guy. He's dead, by the way. Uh, by the time the cops get there, he's completely dead. Uh, they're like, who is this guy? I don't know. He's running around out in the woods with his guts out. Looks like somebody slashed him open in the midsection there. All right, that's pretty strange, don't you think? Uh, so they load him up in an ambulance and take him away. Yeah, he's dead. Sorry about that. Uh, still have no idea who this dude is or how he got slashed open. Now we cut to upstairs. Sarah's been traumatized. Uh, she's having like PTSD flashbacks of the, the deer and the disemboweled guy. Uh, Ted comes in to comfort her. She's like, I feel like your mom is staring at me the whole time. I can't just shake it. I got to get out of here. And he's like, hey, you've been through a lot, okay? Let's just let's just chill out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out in the morning. And she's like, oh, get all of her paintings out of here. Apparently, this place is just covered in mom's weird psycho psychedelic paintings that she is communing with the spirits through or whatever the hell. Uh, So he takes all the paintings out of the room. And then from this point, we're going to cut downstairs to some more family drama. Um, 
Gary tries to get on Karen, the mom. And Karen is like in full-on psychic uh, <laughs> fucking whatever, spiritual schmutz, whatever the fuck she's doing. She's talking to her paintings and she's like, I know that girl. I've been in her body before. What the fuck are you talking about? Gary's like, hey, let's go upstairs and get you out of that poncho. And she's like, no, I can't. This is too important. So eventually Gary's like, you know what? I'm leaving. But he doesn't leave. He just goes out into the living room and puts on some headphones and starts watching TV. Dolly and Ted are playing a board game. Sarah's upstairs asleep. Now, at this point, we're going to cut out to the middle of the woods, nowhere, out in the middle of the woods, where we have three hobos uh, sitting around a campfire. I can call them hobos because they were, in fact, playing a harmonica and passing around a bottle of hooch, which is clearly the uh, qualifying factors for hoboism. Um, we cut to killer POV cam, dude. All of a sudden, there's a slasher, in more sense than one, out in the woods stalking these hobos. Uh, he rolls up on them and kills all three of them. Uh, we find out that our killer has a, a samurai sword. Which is pretty cool if we're still in the realm of the slasher, which we're not, and I will explain in a minute. Uh, that's okay, but this this movie is very horny, by the way. I don't know if I brought that up yet, but every time our samurai killer kills somebody, we cut back to Sarah in the bedroom having a full-on orgasm. Like, full-on, like, legs akimbo, uh... You know, thrusting her hips up in the air. Oh, 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 oh. She's freaking right out, dude. Uh, we can see her hands. It's not like she's diddling anything or double-clicking the mouse. But she is having a full-on orgasm every time our samurai killer uh, kills somebody. Kills the three hobos. Sarah's like, whoo! Holy shit, what was that? She is thinking she's having like a nightmare, but she rolls over and looks... And uh, what she sees is like a trunk next to the bed. She opens the trunk, and inside the trunk is a bunch of fucking samurai armor. (laughs) Samurai armor, okay, from ancient Japan, um, complete with the helmet and the, uh, the smiling demon mask and two samurai swords and, like, the chest plate and the shoulder guards and full on samurai armor and she's like this is weird and if you're watching this movie you're going that's really weird how the fuck did samurai armor get to bumfuck wisconsin surely this is going to be explained at some point it's all going to make sense no no it's not but we're going to sign off on that uh uh, ted downstairs hears the orgasming so he goes running upstairs sir are you okay she's like yeah can you get the goddamn samurai stuff out of here it's really freaking me out uh, he's like, what are you talking about? Uh, he looks over, the trunk is gone, and the samurai equipment is gone. Like, We've never had any samurai stuff. What's going on? Cut to mom downstairs. She's having a full psychic attack. And you can tell because she is doing jazz hands, and we've got some shitty animation going on here of, like, laser beams radiating out of her hands and she's like who are you you crazy spirit why are you talking to me what's going on here who's that girl upstairs why is she having multiple orgasms (laughs) it's very stupid uh eventually ted is like all right well try to get back to get some rest there uh glad you're you're snapping one out without me uh and i will uh join you again after our uh board game is over 
Okay. Uh, cut downstairs, back to the board game. Uh, Gary is oblivious to all of this because he still has his headphones on. Uncle Pete decides to call it a night. And I, I think he may have had some reservations on Karen himself. Uh, he gets in his truck, goes flying down the road, spots one of these hobos staggering around with a fucking samurai wound to his chest and mid-abdomen, which causes Pete to veer off the road and crash. And then our samurai killer kills Uncle Pete as he's getting out of his car, which causes another orgasm for Sarah. Uh, cut to like five, no, probably like 25 miles away at a random house somewhere off in the Wisconsin wilderness. We got a, another set of rubes uh, getting ready for bed. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's a Wisconsin thing or an early 80s thing, but everybody in this movie wore a bathrobe to bed. Does anybody wear a bathrobe to bed anymore? If so, why? That seems like it would be realist, ridiculously uncomfortable. Uh, but these guys are getting ready for bed. There's a, a man and his wife. He's giving her a bunch of crap about making him a midnight snack or something. In comes our glowing samurai warrior and eviscerates the wife in the kitchen. The man comes out and sees it, goes running out to his truck in his whitey tidies, uh, gets in his truck and hauls ass out of there. Well done. Uh, he makes it all the way to a gas station which happens to be closed. Uh, he gets out and he's like, hey, you got to help me, my wife. Oh, no. The samurai warrior is there waiting for him. And he's like, oh, shit, you're here too. So he jumps back in his truck and hauls ass again. <laughs> this time he makes it all the way to Gary and Karen's house. Um, he gets out, goes running up. Uh, he parks like a full mile away from the house, which I thought was weird. Goes running up to the house in his whitey tidies. The samurai warrior is now there waiting for him. Uh, as he's like banging on the doors, uh, Ted and Dolly are like, what the hell? It's Mr. Uh, Schmeckle from down the road. So out pops our samurai warrior and starts blasting this guy with, with arrows. Because, of course, he's a samurai. He carries a bow and arrow. Uh, yeah, he lights him up with like five, six arrows. The dude comes crashing through the, uh, the front door and dies. So uh, he killed both of them. Now our samurai warrior is stalking around the outside of the house. This is where things get really silly, in case they haven't already, in my opinion. Um, we get a ghost quake. We get like a mom is under the throes of a full psychic attack in her weird painting studio. Uh, the kitchen comes alive with the sounds of music. <laughs> That's another thing about this movie. There is constantly uh, classical music playing in the background throughout the entire film. It's wildly out of place. And uh, it kind of, not that there's any prevailing mood to the mo movie, but if there was, I'm sure it would wreck it completely. Uh, Ghost Quake in the kitchen. Uh, Ted and Dolly are in there. They're like, what the fuck? The whole the uh, cabinets are opening and closing and slamming and... Um, all the stuff is flying off the shelves and it's all getting thrown at Gary. And it's this one's particularly funny because as like the, the flour and the chocolate milk come off the shelf, we get laser blast sound effects. Pew, 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 pew. And Gary's ducking and dodging and eventually he gets clipped in the head with a knife, but it doesn't kill him. Pew, 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 pew. It's worse than Star Wars. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Eventually, uh, Gary ducks out of there. 
Karen's like in this catatonic state. Oh, I gotta stop the the monster. He's out there. Uh, uh, Dolly and Ted are like, we gotta go upstairs and get Sarah. Get the fuck out of here. Something weird is afoot. While that's going on, the phone bursts into flames. Uh, they run upstairs. They can't get into Sarah's room. All of a sudden, Sarah, come on, open up. Um, I, uh, (laughs) this is where things get even even sillier, because now our samurai warrior, um, apparently he can fly. I get, I don't know, but all of a sudden he's like chopping through the upstairs windows with a samurai sword and there's like random laser blasts going off. And all of a sudden, like Gary's trying to get the door open to Sarah's room pew, 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 and then Gary's gone. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it, we get all this weird psychedelic shit too. Like the colors are reversing. We're jumping in and out of negative frame. It's very hard to figure out what the hell's going on other than the house is under attack by this crazy samurai ghost guy and uh, we got a lot of fucking problems here, guys. Uh, Karen, the mom, has gone cuckoo bananas and is like trying to negotiate with it via her psychic poncho or whatever it is. Gary uh, did a shoulder roll out of there just before that laser blast went off. Um Dolly and Ted get thrown into a closet in a very sexual fashion. Mind you, they're supposed to be brothers and sisters. And I would like to reemphasize, inmates, that this is a very horny movie, okay? It's about to get even hornier. And uh, if I had discovered this film at an earlier age, I would have enjoyed it a lot more, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. And I think you do. Um Eventually, they get out of the closet. Uh, Mom has brokered some kind of a psychic break with the samurai, and everything just kind of goes calm after that. We reconvene uh, in the kitchen, which has been smashed to shit. We've got our dead neighbor, who's kind of impaled in the front door in a weird way. We can't call the cops because, as I mentioned, the phone got blown up somehow. Uh, So we decide... (laughs) <laughs> to call it a night we're gonna go ahead and uh we're gonna we're gonna hit the hay here <laughs> so gary go, gary goes to bed and he's like karen what the hell's going on and she's like i can't i can't i can't talk about it right now gary and he's like no you gotta tell us man we're in danger here here comes ted and dolly to hammer the point home what the fuck mom there's crazy shit going on and you're somehow linked to it somehow or something I don't know. I don't know, man. She's not talking. Uh, Gary collapses. Uh, Ted goes up and gets in bed with Sarah. Um, Apparently, the door just swung open after whatever truce was negotiated with the samurai. And uh, Dolly goes to bed on her own. Okay, excellent. Now we're going to cut to the next morning. Apparently, everybody slept like a baby, except for Ted and Sarah, who had wild sex uh, like five or six times throughout the night after this samurai attack. Cause every time, uh, the samurai kills somebody, it's like, uh, it's, it, you ever seen those squirting videos on X videos where the, the chicks spray it out. It's like one of those for Sarah, where she just loses control and she's got to get on somebody. <laughs> oh, how does any of this make sense? It doesn't. We just have to roll with it. What the fuck is a samurai? The ghost of a samurai doing in uh bumfuck Wisconsin. No answers, none, none whatsoever. Uh, while Ma- while uh, Ted and Sarah are banging the bejesus out of each other, Mom has like a, a wild dream nightmare sequence 
with some stock footage from World War II. I think that's supposed to mean something. I can't tell you what it's supposed to mean, no. All right, very cool. Cut to the next morning. Um, Gary decides he is going to uh, get, he's going to go get help. So he goes out to his truck. Uh, his truck has been trashed. Uh, he, I don't know. He had the the hood popped, so maybe they're trying to say like the samurai cut his battery cables or something. He's like, ah, shit. So he gets on a horse and takes off. Okay. Uh, about that time, Dolly wakes up. She comes downstairs. Mom has gone cuckoo bananas, so she's like staring catatonically at a blank uh, canvas uh, for one of her paintings. Uh, Dolly's like, hey, what's going on there? And she's like, Gary left on a horse to go get help. And Dolly's like, okay, well, that's good. Uh, Let's move the dead guy uh, out of the doorway there. Uh, Where's Ted? And she's like, I don't know, upstairs, I don't know. She goes upstairs to check on Ted. Ted and Sarah are gone. At that at that moment, there there's the room is empty. So Dolly goes outside. Now here's a fun fun little thing for you. We're in Wisconsin. Uh, Dolly goes out to look for for Ted and Sarah. We're in Wisconsin in December. What is Dolly wearing? A long t-shirt, some leggings, and a in a coat. She would be frozen in probably like two seconds flat, I assume. And we know it's winter because they have a Christmas tree up. And the whole premise of the movie was that the kids were coming up to celebrate Christmas. But whatever. Uh, Dolly goes out, goes trouncing around out in the woods trying to find uh, Ted and Sarah. Happens upon Ted, who is hunkered down with a shotgun, uh, crying. She's like, Ted, what's going on, dude? I woke up and Sarah was gone. Uh, okay. What? Okay. Well, all right. Sorry about that, man. I assume that she... Uh, took off or what i don't know but she's gone and i can't find her i think i love her while that's going on we're going to cut to predator vision yeah this whole tearful uh reunion is taking place somebody's watching them in predator vision and our samurai warrior has returned uh ted and uh dolly see him and they take off i think ted tries to shoot him once or twice they go hauling ass back to the house now at this point the camera has followed for a little while Gary on horseback. Randomly and for no apparent reason, Gary going through a big open field just turns the horse around and comes right back to the house. Never addressed, never understood why he did that. He just bring nope, you know what? I'm gonna go home. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this horse riding shit is uh not for me. I'm gonna wait until uh they build a Craig and Auto Parts closer to my house and then I will fix my truck. And then I will talk to somebody about that dead guy. He goes right back to the house. Okay. Now, uh, the samurai warrior has followed uh, uh, Ted and uh, uh, Dolly back to the house. And the house is again under siege. Uh, Gary shows up as this is happening. Uh, Dolly and Ted are like, you know, trying to hunt, like close all the windows, keep him the fuck out of there. He's just flying around, smashing windows, kicking doors open. Eventually they make it up to, to, to the bedroom where Sarah was. They open up the door and Sarah is there again. But this time she has painted her face like a samurai warrior and she has put all of the armor and the swords on herself. And now she is glowing blue with the power of the undead samurai ghost, like most 19-year-old girls do at some point in their life. And uh, here comes Gary to save the day. 
No can do. Slashes him right down. Goodbye, Gary. Uh, sorry, your life sucks so bad, and Karen never uh, agreed to marry you, which is kind of shitty, but there's that. Karen and, Gar- uh, Karen and Sarah square off in the living room. <laughs> and this part is particularly... De- well, the movie itself is dumb, but this part is particularly silly because they have a psychic battle, okay? What does that mean? Uh, it means that the sam- uh, Sarah, as the samurai warrior, starts glowing an intense blue, and uh, Karen, doing the jazz hands thing again, starts shooting laser bolts out of her hands and doing like, you're not going to touch my kids. Pew, 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 pew. She's shaking. Pew, 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 pew. And it's bouncing off of uh, the samurai armor. And then eventually, Sarah walks up to Karen as uh, Dolly and uh, Ted come down into the living room, and I don't know what Sarah, Sarah the Samurai does to Karen, but she falls over, and it looks like somebody's like patted some oatmeal on her face. I think that was supposed to make make it like she aged out all of a sudden. Uh, really, it just looked like somebody threw some oatmeal at her, and that's what you got. Uh, I think we're supposed to assume that Karen is dead at this point. Uh, just as that happens, uh, Ted and Dolly bust into the room. Sarah turns around, ready to, to put the beat down on them with the samurai sword. And then they both break out into the jazz hands. Oh, no, you do not, samurai Sarah. And then we kind of just get like this weird staring contest of them both kind of shaking at each other, <laughs> violently vibrating and making very intense faces and then Sarah disappears, samurai armor and all, into a big puff of smoke. And that, my friends, is the end of the movie. Why is this movie called Bloodbeat? Couldn't tell you. How did a sa- the ghost of a samurai warrior come to assail a sleepy Wisconsin hunting lodge? No answer for you. Um, where did Karen all of a sudden develop psychic powers? Don't know. Don't really care. What the fuck is... This movie is ridiculous, my friends. I would even venture to say that it may, in fact... And it pains me to admit this, because I don't believe in this as a concept, but I feel like this one may, in fact, be so bad that it's good. I'd say... I, For tonight's movie, I actually had two people lined up to be here on the show with me tonight. They both canceled. I suspect it was because they couldn't make it through Bloodbeat. And I don't... (laughs) I cannot fault them for that. Uh, It's... uh, This is a good one to watch with your friends while you're having a beer or two and heckle the shit out of it. Uh, it's, It's wacky, man. It is absolutely wacky. Check it out if I have piqued your curiosity. As I mentioned before, it's streaming on um, Shudder right now. I found this on... I wouldn't call this a Christmas movie, but there is a Christmas tree in it. So, there's that. That's that's all I got for you on the Christmas front. That's it for Bloodbeat, uh, inmates. Yeah. (laughs) Let's take a break and I'll come back with some other stuff.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, what'd you think of that? That was Lordy. The name of the song was uh, Blood Red Sandman. Um, <clears throat> not a bad, not a bad group. Uh, Finnish from Finland. Um, very theatrical on stage. They come out in all the makeup and the monster get-ups and all that stuff. I saw a live performance in some uh, European thing where during the song, one of the songs, the lead singer grows wings and spreads them out like across the stage while he's singing. That's kind of cool. I like that. Um, the music videos for these guys are bananas. Heavily influenced by horror movies and... Uh, a lot with the special effects and there's like these weird plot lines that go back and forth it's very good very cool um don't know how i feel about the music uh that's a pretty good tune that they did right there blood red sandman after that they all kind of start to sound the same i'm sorry i know there's a lot of lordy fans out there but you got hey you know what i'm talking about uh, a lot of their songs are pretty much the same as all the other <laughs> other songs. They got some good ones, though, if you can sift through the dirt to find them. Um, all right, inmates, that's uh, it. How about some uh, some Terradome action, yeah? Let's get into that. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll make dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face. To the Terradome. First, last week's winner. In the Asylum Conference round 13, we had Freddy Krueger versus the Jigsaw Killer John Kramer. It became painfully clear to John that he had underestimated his opponent's power and influence within the Dream Realm. Kramer's original plan of dragging Kruger into corporal reality fell apart at the sight of his wife and child, alive and well. Feeling the warmth of their embrace and then the immediate pain of Kruger's knives entering his abdomen was more than he could take. He'd fallen into the demon's trap, and now it was all over. With a vote of 5-2, to two, Freddy advances over Jigsaw. Yeah, Freddy's Freddy's tough to beat, especially by just regular guys, right? I mean, Jigsaw is smart, and 
Uh, but then you, I feel, I mean, an argument could be made either way. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody, if any mortal man, not a ghost or a demon or a werewolf, if any regular old dude was going to beat Freddy Krueger, it would probably be Jigsaw. Or maybe Herbert West. That's probably the guys that are really smart. Because if Nancy fucking Thompson can do it, with all of her Home Alone bullshit, you would think that Jigsaw could come up with something. All right, anyway, you guys voted 5-2. to two. Freddy wins. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Asylum Conference round 14. As usual, inmates, I'm not very good at this sort of thing. Japan can be a cold, unforgiving place. The people are nice enough for the most part, but the environment itself can be harsh, especially to an outsider. Unaware of local folklore or customs, Alessa has no choice but to accept room and board at the house on the end of the street. Fleeing the United States and the cult of Metatron had made her desperate. Working as a live-in caretaker to the catatonic old woman was easy. Feed her, change her, and occasionally bathe her. But once the old woman died, the horror began. The, the young lady and child from the photos were showing up in Alessa's dreams and poisoning her reality. Then she began seeing her in the city and everywhere else. It soon became apparent to her that it was no delusion, but some sort of attachment. The only way to be rid of it would be to return to Silent Hill. Singles competition, we have Kayako versus Pyramid Head. Now, it's pretty easy to take Pyramid Head in this case. And the reason why is because he's a big scary fucking thing with a giant sword and a big metal pyramid on his head. (laughs) <laughs> as the name would would allude to, right? Here's what I'm going to submit to you, and take this for what it's worth. Uh, Pyramid Head is big and scary, and he swings a giant sword, but Kaiko has taken down other horror movie villains before. I'm talking, of course, about Kaiko versus Sadako, who was the original Japanese uh, ring girl, the uh, Japanese version of Samara. Um, an argument could be made that Kaiko didn't really win that fight, but they just kind of merged at the end. Um, regardless, that puts Kaiko, in my opinion, already in another level. So I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I'm known for my unpopular opinions. I'm going to take Kaiko over Pyramid Head. I think that she has a way, the grudge, dude. Okay. The, the the power of the grudge and how what keeps her bound to this world. It wreaks havoc on humans, sure, but not but not just to the point where it fucks them up and kills them, the point to where it warps their reality into a state of her just toying with you until you either die of a heart attack or throw yourself off a building or kill yourself in some way just to get the fuck away from her. You know what I mean? Um, obviously she's not going to scare Pyramid Head, but I think that that ability to warp reality, even, I don't know if, uh, I don't know what the rules are for Silent Hill, but I feel like that's going to give her an edge. I'm going to take Kayako in this one. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be wrong. That's fine. I've I've been wrong before, once or twice. And that's your Terra Dome matchup for the weekend, mates. It's Kayako versus Pyramid Head. Get me your votes by next week if you can. 
Mental Health Hotline, of course, is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get me on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. In the meantime, I would like to tell you what movies I got to look at this week. In a little segment I call, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? So, I didn't get to watch much uh, this weekend, mates. I spent most of my week last-minute Christmas shopping and then building uh, goddamn toys and things like that. So, the one movie I did get to watch, I'm very excited to tell you about, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Woo! This is a good one, man. I like this one a hell of a lot. Uh, solid zombie action, much more loyal to the game than any of the previous movies. Um, the fuck it, the special effects were good. Acting was good. Um, it pretty, it pretty much stayed loyal to, uh, like you got all, we got all of our characters back. You got, uh, Leon Kennedy, uh, Albert Wesker, Jill Valentine, Chris, uh, what's the fuck, uh, uh, Redfield. Right? Am I right? Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield, uh, Ada Wong shows up at the end. Uh, if you if you've played through any of the Resident Evil games, I think you'll like this one much more than you'll than you like the original franchise. Um, I'm, I'm I'm you know I, the action was there. There was some comedic moments. Um, God, the fucking thing at the end, spot on, spot on with the video games. I dug this one quite a bit. Uh, I had to pay 20 bucks to rent it, though, on Amazon Prime. So I'm going to snatch this one as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray. You could probably wait for Blu-ray um, unless the price comes down. I don't think you need to spend 20 bucks on it. And while I'm on the topic, our old friend Tim over at Horror for Dummies asked uh, last week what our favorite movie, what our favorite horror movies from 2021 are. And I put mine out there as antlers. But after uh, further consideration, I'm going to have to change that. Um, I think, Dude, this is probably going to be another unpopular opinion. I think my favorite movie from 2021, horror movie anyway, uh, Army of the Dead, man. Uh, You know how many times I've seen that since it came out? That, I, that I can't get around it. It's the, I, it's a great show. Action's there. Zombies are kick-ass. The fucking... All the little Easter eggs in there that you see and you don't see. And the, that opening sequence, for Christ's sakes. I gotta go with Army of the Dead. That's my... That's that's gonna be D's hot pick for 2021. <laughs> all right, inmates. Um, yeah, that's all I'm looking at this week. Sorry. It's probably gonna be a short show, but I had a busy week. Uh, How about a little uh, immersion therapy there? (laughs) Immersion therapy. Did you get to see Better Watch Out? <clears throat> I wasn't a big fan of it. I'm still not a big fan of it. Uh, Home Alone with a horror twist. Kid's a psycho. He's sort of trying to bang his babysitter. Gets a little rapey. Kills his best friend. Fucks with all the ex-boyfriends. It's fine. Um, I, I just... 
I couldn't get into. I couldn't buy this snot-nosed punk pulling off all these stunts without anybody asking any questions. You know what I mean? Like uh, when the boyfriend gets there and all of a sudden the 12-year-old comes out. Oh, she doesn't want to talk to you right now, but she asked me to uh, get you to write a letter. Okay. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. That, that, that just be, Now we're just being silly, right? That's what, I guess you could call this more of a comedy uh, in certain aspects. I just I couldn't get into it, and it it wasn't because of the Christmas aspect. It's because of some of the things that went down were just fucking dumb, in my opinion. Um, Buddy is not here, so I'm going to have to pick immersion therapy myself. I see, and that is why I am picking it. Never sleeps from 2014. Uh, this one is rated TVMA. It's directed by Matt Mitchell. Stars Laura Swift and Fabrizio Santino. Something about uh, a stalker in a haunted house. Something like that. You can find this bitch on Tubi. Check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same in Compare Notes next week. But now, my friends, I'm afraid you must educate me. I'm going to give you an easy one this time after I give you last week's clues. Educating Miss Monica. Well, I went to see my daughter at the hospital. She's having some mental problems. And wouldn't you know if fucking time didn't just stop. Now I got this rock band chasing me around. I got the the keyboardist coming out of the uh, electro, the fucking MRI machine. I got the, the lead singer down in the garage. Uh, the rhythm guitar guy comes up out of the floor. It's gross. Uh, I am dark floors. It's a weird movie. All right. It's uh, what is that? Ghost house underground. I think, uh, 2000, uh, I want to say 12 ish. It's, it's weird. It's, um, I feel like it was supposed to be some kind of a high concept thing with the red crayon and the blue crayon. I don't know what they were going for there. Uh, I didn't get it, but I thought it was it was kind of cool. You know, you had the, these monsters talking to people around the uh, abandoned hospital. Well, it wasn't abandoned, but time-frozen hospital, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, the, monster, the monsters happened to be uh, a rock band, which is kind of cool and quirky in a weir- weird way. Worth a watch, if nothing else. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well... Fuck me if my plane didn't get shot down off the African coast during a goddamn zombie apocalypse. Now, I got to try to find a way to make it back to hopefully an air, another air base. Uh, my, my family is in England, and I got to try uh, somehow to get over there. Unfortunately, all the systems and the infrastructure is crumbling pretty much all over the world at this point because of the zombies. And uh, I got to hopefully uh, befriend a... Uh, expatriate here and me and him are going to band together and he's looking for his son too out out there in the african plains and uh maybe we can figure something out before we either get eaten or uh i don't know deal with the rest of these assholes whatever who might i be clue fill, tune in next week and i'll fill you in inmates in the meantime i think that's about going to do it for me this week i want you guys to have a happy new year um join me next week we haven't done a franchise 
February in quite a while. And the franchise I had in mind is going to take us well through January and into February. I was so inspired by Welcome to Raccoon City that we're going to do a complete rundown of the Resident Evil franchise starting next week with Resident Evil 1 with uh, Mia Jovovich. So tune in next week for that, my friends. In the meantime, thank you very much for joining me. I do have a Patreon campaign running, if anybody gives a shit. PaddedRoomPodcast.com. Find the link there. Along with uh, information you need, past shows, there's like five, 500 plus, plus uh, affiliate shows. Anything you need to know about us, PaddedRoomPodcast.com. In the meantime, for Buddy in Absentia, Monica in Absentia, Jason Harrell, who was I thought might come in tonight, but he did not. Also in absentia. Um, fucking zombies the world over. Uh, Raccoon City. Um, RCPD. Leon Kennedy. Um, the fucking Nemesis Project. All that shit we're going to get into starting next month. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Dance with the heat